Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In the U.S. last week, uh, on one day, there were a million positive Omicron tests reported. Meanwhile, masks are hardly seen at major sporting events like this weekend's NFL playoff games. And Americans in many states are going about their lives and dealing with COVID and Omicron when and as it may arrive. At least that how, that's how it appears. So let's talk to Dr. Peter Hotez about that, Dean of the National School of Medicine and Professor of Pediatrics and Molecular Virology and Microbiology at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, where he's also the co-director of the Texas Children's Center for Vaccine Development. One of Dr. Hotez's books is Preventing the Next Pandemic, Vaccine Diplomacy in a Time of Anti-Science. Dr. Hotez, good to have you back on the program. Thanks for making time for us. Thanks for having me. You got that all in, Roy. I tried. <laughs> What's happening in the United States? Now, we're seeing NFL stadiums overflowing with fans. Hardly anyone seems to be wearing a mask, and distancing isn't taking place. What's going on? You know, the I think the American people, unfortunately, are, well, of course, everyone is sick and tired of the pandemic, but I think what you're seeing is, you know, we're getting a lot of happy talk on the airways about Omicron with claims that it's a benign virus and not serious. And despite the fact that hospitalizations are going up pretty, pretty precipitously, and it's compounded by the fact that we have so many healthcare providers now knocked out of the workforce with breakthrough COVID, not that they're getting very sick, but they're home so they can't take care of the really sick unvaccinated patients. So it's a pretty catastrophic situation where we've got, we're going to hit 2,000 deaths probably tomorrow, and we're going to be that way at 2,000 deaths a day, at least for a while. So it's, it's business as usual, unfortunately, and and we don't have a big mass culture uh, in many parts of the U.S., especially down here in Texas. Uh, we don't have people buying into vaccines. It's just catastrophic. You have a new global vaccine, which has been approved for use in India, and I understand you're planning on distributing more than a billion doses globally in the short term. Can you tell us about that? Well, we've been talking the last two years, Roy, in addition to talking to the country and the U.S. and, and Canada, I've been uh, co-heading a lab that develops vaccines for poverty-related neglected diseases, including a low-cost COVID-19 vaccine. We've been working on coronavirus vaccines for the last decade for SARS and MERS, and we've always used the approach that with our vaccines, we have to make them at low cost and simple and easy to administer in resource-poor settings. So we've developed a recombinant protein vaccine. We've licensed it with no patents, no strings attached to four countries, to India, Indonesia, Bangladesh, and Botswana. India is the furthest along, and the vaccine producer there is known as Biological E, and their vaccine is called Corbivax, and we helped in the co-development and sent them the production cell bank. And and it looks great, and now they have 150 million doses and now producing 100 million doses a month. So hopefully it'll fill that horrible, horrible global equity gap. Yeah, congratulations on doing that. That's going to mean a great deal to these to these countries. Now, well, let me go back to the United States for a moment. You have no shortage of vaccines available. What's the uptake like? What percentage of Americans are, are accepting the vaccines and accepting the boosters? Oh. Uh, not good, Roy. It's about 60% of the country is, quote, fully vaccinated. But you have to be careful because our Centers for Disease Control, for reasons I don't understand, 
still calls fully vaccinated two doses, and even though that's not great against Omicron at all. So 60% is two doses. Only about a quarter of the country has three, all three doses. So that's one of the reasons why we're seeing the screaming level of uh, transmission going up. Uh, you also tweeted, and we'll move just uh, ahead a little bit here, uh, you're, you've tweeted about long COVID, and you have concerns about how prevalent this condition may become. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we've, the problem is with long COVID is the case definitions are not consistent. So depending on how you define long COVID, we may be talking 10% of cases or 50% of cases. And, and and especially in kids, you know, there are some studies from the Great Ormond Street Hospital in London suggesting one in seven, so about 14%. Uh, percent. And the part that I'm most concerned about is the neurologic deterioration studies coming out of Oxford University showing gray matter brain degeneration and cognitive decline. And I think that's one of the big unknowns is what are the long-term consequences of COVID-19. And for kids, we even have data now suggesting it, it sets them up to make them more susceptible to diabetes, presumably because of virus infection in the pancreas and the host response to that. So, you know, this this pandemic, even once it's over, and we're still a long way off from it being over, will haunt us for many years in the future. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.